Hello there, this is Benny. And this is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. The podcast where first I watch Doctor Who, and then I tell you about Doctor Who. Yes, and uh, on, on behalf of the Revolutionary Committee, I just wanted to say, Citizen Kyle, how grateful we are for this service that you provide. Indeed, Citizen Benny, it is, it is a service that I am happy to provide. Just, you know... <laughs> Happy to do my part for the people's revolution. Yes, it's it's in one of our previous episodes. You mentioned um, having seen Chernobyl, um, and we actually just started watching it, and so it's it's kind of hard not to say comrade. <laughs> but I think I think they called each other citizen back in the French Revolution times. Yeah, and if I'm wrong, then. Uh, please tweet at us. <laughs> Watcher. No, they they're definitely using the term citizen in the serial. Okay. <laughs> cool. So we, I actually need to sh- uh, start with a shout out for this serial. Uh, yes, we do. Shout out to a friend of the pod, citizen Chris Sutton, who, at time of recording, has sent in uh, two pieces of sensorite fan art which yes. Benny and I were both very excited to see. I think that's an, I think that's slight understatement. <laughs> when <you're excited>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the time you all listen to this, he, he may very well have sent more in, but as we record, we've received two pieces of fan art, which is very awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I never, I never expected <laughs> to get fan art. And I, I'm still utterly floored and, and blown away. Uh huh. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I you know, I thought it was cool when I first commissioned Circuit 23 to like make our theme song. I thought it was cool to like have a theme song. And it was. And it was, but like I asked for <laughs> that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this fan art was just like presented to us, which was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I do I do also love our our theme song. It's still like kind of blows my mind that I'm working on a project that has its own unique theme song created just for this podcast. Yeah, that is pretty amazing, actually. And now we also have fan art, so it's like forget about it. I guess I guess the last step when we'll know that we've really made it is when people start writing RPF fanfic about me and Kyle <laughs> together. Um, <laughs> Well, I, ha- well, I haven't <laughs> I haven't checked AO3, so we can't say that that hasn't happened for sure. <laughs> uh, pretty sure it hasn't. <laughs> I, I haven't checked either, but uh, I'd, be, I'd be pretty surprised. <laughs> Today we are talking about the 41st episode of Doctor Who, uh, the 41st episode of the first season of Doctor Who, which is also the 41st episode of Doctor Who. Funny how that works out. (laughs) (laughs) This is a bargain of necessity, and like our previous episode, episode 40, uh, it's also an animated episode. So Cool. Yeah, uh, I don't have a whole lot to add about the animation this time. I still enjoyed it. I think this one was actually 
a bit better edited and paced than the previous one in terms of like, oh, cool. I think I mentioned last time there were a lot of like fast cuts and stuff. Mm-hmm. I felt like there was less of that in this one and that was good. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, if YouTube comments are to be believed, then um, the the guy who did the TIE fighter uh, anime, which is a fan made star Wars animation that then got, kind of recommissioned by by Lucasfilm and they made an, an actual uh, YouTube video of, of TIE Fighter anime. Um, the, that guy worked on the, the animated Doctor Who episodes for I the think, serial. I think that's true, yeah. Ota King, I believe, yeah. is his Paul, I think online his name, name. Paul Johnson, Ota King 7707 or something. Yeah, like that. something like that. Um, actually, I should probably look this up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seven seven oh seven seven. Nice, Paul Johnson. Yeah, yeah, very talented. And he also did a, a fan made uh, Doctor Who video, which is kind of kind of goofy, very tongue in cheek, but you know, still shows a lot of a lot of work and um, a lot of talent and and love for mm-hmm. the. But both for Doctor Who and for Star Wars. I wonder if... It's a lot, lot, lot like us. <laughs> I wonder if that was before or after he animated these episodes. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I suspect before, but... Probably. Uh, yeah, that I, would be I my guess. back that up. But yeah, <laughs> I, I have not researched it, so... Yeah, that's, that's very cool. Do you recall what our Cliftingler was from last time? So our our latest ship never even made it out of the harbor. And <laughs> I am being metaphorical, of course. Our heroes are not on ships or in harbors. But uh, the Ian and Leon ship, uh, Leon or um, Leonian, Leonian or Leonine. I like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Think that's a real word. Um, I mean, there's no point in naming it because HMS it Leonine didn't make it very far. <laughs> uh, they forgot to uh, build build the whole boat, and it just sank right to the bottom because um, Ian went to meet Leon, uh, whom he thought was uh, a part of the resistance and was going to help. And we had previously shipped uh, Leon with Barbara, right? The two Barb of them seemed to have. Yes. Leabra. I don't think we named it then. Um, and so the two of them seem to have some some chemistry there. She kind of seemed to be digging his vibe. But um, and I was saying, you know, hey, wouldn't it be funny if there was also like a Ian Leon ship and then maybe we could ship all three of them together? Um, Barb Leonian, Ian Barb. Le- anyway, Leia Barblanine. <laughs> um, but so that so Ian went to meet him, and someone was even like, "Oh, what if it's what if he's? Uh, I think his name is James Sterling." Um, is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. Uh, the 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 spy that Ian is supposed to meet, um, that the the dying person in prison that Ian was in the same cell with told him to meet James Sterling. And someone was like, "Oh, it could even be Leon." And I was like, "Oh man, that would be cool! Like, what a twist!" And then he, <laughs> he shows up, and it turns out they were half right. Leon is not who we thought he was. <laughs> they were wrong in the opposite direction. Or they were they were right in the <laughs> opposite direction, or wrong in the 
anyway, um, yeah, he is in fact uh, with the. Um, and I think I'm getting like my my names for the groups wrong. Um, like, cause the revolution is bad, and I'm so used to like resistances and revolutions being mm-hmm. good. But anyway, um, this is. I've, I've I've gone on way too long, <laughs> so I'm just gonna say, yeah, he he's he's bad. He's he's with the the revolutionaries, and he captures Ian. Yeah, he's brought soldiers and to this secret meeting that he and Ian were having, and they go right ahead and chain Ian up to one of the pillars. If you recall. Uh, this meeting is taking place in an abandoned church crypt. Very cool. And so, you know, there's like plenty of arches and pillars and shit. So Ian gets chained up to a pillar. Uh-huh. And he asks Leon what he wants. And Leon says, Information. And Ian asks, Whose side are you on? And Leon says, That would be telling. We want information. 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 He insists. You won't get it. Leon says. By hook or by crook. We will. He insists. Who are you? Leon says. The new number two. Ian says, Who is number one? And Leon says, You are number six. And Ian says, I am not a number. I am a free man. And then they realize that they're actually in Doctor Who, not the prisoner. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> and so Leon just says that he wants information and that Ian should like think about giving it to him and Leon leaves. <laughs> uh I like your version. <laughs> Sounds like a good premise for a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in the prison, Lemaitre is standing outside the door, listening while the doctor and Barbara talk. Uh, As you recall, the doctor is in disguise as like a provincial regional officer from the southern province. Mm -hmm. With a feather in his cap. Right. And a sash. Several feathers. (laughs) (laughs) And a sash. Very important, as we learned from the censorites. Uh Uh-huh. And so... When they, like, recaptured Barbara and Susan, Lemaitre was like, hey, regional officer dude, why don't you go interrogate the prisoner? And so now Lemaitre is, like, listening outside the door. Mm-hmm. And as, as the doctor reveals that he's not really a uh, provincial um, whatever it is. Right. Barbara tells him that Susan is also here at the prison. And the doctor's like, Well, now we must find Chesterton and try and get back to the ship. Yes. Barbara's like, Oh, yeah, you're going to want to, like, go check the safe house of Jules Renan. And I'm at home watching this saying, This is why Jules didn't want her to know his last name a few episodes ago. (laughs) (laughs) No last names. (laughs) Only screen names. Uh Uh-huh. But Lemaitre can't hear any more of their conversation because he gets called away by the jailer. Apparently, Robespierre urgently needs to see him, according to the jailer. So, well, I think that's going to be kind of convenient for Lemaitre because I suspect he's going to have some news for Robespierre. <laughs> uh huh. 
So Lemaitre tells the jailer, he gives him like strict orders not to let Susan out of her cell and heads on out. Meanwhile, Barbara is kind of feeling bad about herself and Susan having been arrested again. But the doctor's like, Oh, don't blame yourself, Barbara. As it happens, everything has turned out very well. Might have taken us ages to find each other. <laughs> yes, it's very convenient. We <laughs> all united here in prison. Uh-huh. <laughs> he does apparently have an escape plan, though. Oh, good. So he tells Barbara that he's going to leave, and she should just wait a few minutes and then leave herself. Just, like, stroll out of the cell and, like, head on out of the prison. I was going to say, that's a, <laughs> as far as escape plans go, that's pretty straightforward. Um, I admire the simplicity of it. <laughs> uh, but, hmm. Yeah, she's like, you know, uh, WTF? And the doctor's like, Absolutely serious, but I have no time to explain. Just do as you're asked. She keeps protesting, but he's like, Now, 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 there's no facts. Don't argue. You know my plans always work perfectly. Ah, hmm? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> we, we, all, we all know that well. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I'm assuming that he's counting on his uh, disguise to, to get him out of there. But even then, just like having not only himself, but also Barbara just casually stroll out... Um, Seems a little optimistic. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking as well. But he he strolls out of the cell and out in like the lobby or whatever, the jailer's area. He tells the jailer that Barbara is a member of that dangerous traitor's party. Uh, okay. Yeah, and he tells her that she's got the names of like all the traitors in the country. The jailer wants to make her talk, which is pretty sinister. But mm-hmm. the doctor's like, oh, no, that, that'd never work. She'd rather die than betray her friends. He's like, no, I think if there is some way of using her, if only we could get through her to her friends. Ah, so they're going to let her loose and see where she goes and she'll lead them to her friends. Right. Yeah, the jailer is like, uh, maybe we could, like, if she escaped and we could, like, follow her to her friends, then, like, we'll arrest them. It's always a good idea to make the person that you're talking to, that you want to convince of something, think it was actually their idea in the first place. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the doctor is like, my dear, what an excellent idea. What an excellent idea. Yes, of course. Now, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> uh, good job, doctor. <laughs> nice deception check. Uh, yeah, he, he, I think he might have got it like a nat 20 on that one. And does he actually call the guy my dear? Uh, yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, the jailer is my dear now. Now we've got uh, Doc Jail. <laughs> J Locktor. <laughs> <laughs> So the jailer, like, opens the prison doors, and he kind of hides. And a few moments later, Barbara just comes, like, strolling out of her cell and heads on out of the prison. Cool. 
It worked well so far. We cut to the safe house where Jules arrives and he's shocked to find that it's empty because he expected Ian, Barbara, and Susan all to be there. But of course, Barbara and Susan got arrested at the doctor's office and Ian is like chained up in an old abandoned church. Right. That's the office of uh, an actual doctor that they took uh, Susan to because she was sick, not the doctor doctor. Right, right. A doctor's office, not the doctor's office. Yes. (laughs) So we cut back to the church crypt, and the soldiers are just about to start roughhousing Ian, but Leon arrives and stops them and, like, starts questioning Ian. But Ian insists that he doesn't know anything. Leon, we learn, is a revolutionist. He's like, France will never be anything until we're rid of these high-born leeches who've been sucking the life blood of France for so long. Here, here. Yeah, I was I like, like this guy. Yeah, I was, yeah, totally. I'm on that <laughs> side. He knows that... Ian has a message for James Sterling from Webster because, of course, you know, Jules told him this when he was setting up the meeting between Ian and, Ian and Leon. Okay. And Ian is like, yeah, dude, I don't know what James Sterling looks like. So, you know, that's actually why I'm here right now. I can't tell you anything. And... <laughs> And then Leon's like, oh, by the way, I'm James Sterling. (laughs) (laughs) If I were to tell you I was James Sterling, would you have any reason to disbelieve that? (laughs) Leon basically figures that Ian must know something because he, he thinks Ian was like in the organization with Webster or Webster wouldn't have trusted him. Can kind of see that. Yeah. uh, That logic. Yeah, I thought that kind of made sense. I mean, other than the fact that Webster was dying and he had nothing to lose. Yeah. Although, you know, if he told the wrong person, he could still, like, fuck up the the resistance or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. But Ian just had... He has a nice pace. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you trust Ian? <laughs> so, Leon asks how Ian got to France. And Ian's like, dude, you really want to know? He says, I flew here with three friends in a small box. When I left England, it was 1963. And it's it's kind of fun, I think, when you can uh, tell the truth and absolutely no one will believe you. So, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And of course, no one believes him. Leon is just about to have one of the soldiers stab Ian with his bayonet Oh, dang. (laughs) When Jules arrives and shoots the soldier. Nice. Yeah. He he throws his now empty pistol at Leon. Yeet. And starts grappling with some other soldier. Dang, this is action-packed. Yeah, totally. Leon, like, comes up from the ground, like, dual-wielding, pistol in both hands. Nice. But Ian manages to warn Jules in time, so Jules, like, spins around, and 
the soldier that he's grappling with gets shot by Leon instead of him. Nice. Classic. Yeah. He then gets the soldier's rifle and, like, blasts Leon away. Oh, shit. The enemy of the people. Debatable, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to him because of the badassery of that scene. <laughs> uh-huh. So he he frees Ian and gives him the news about Barbara and Susan being kidnapped. Ian's like, yeah, I kind of figured like when Leon turned on me that that probably was going to happen. And so the two of them head back to the safe house to figure out what to do next. Well... I think these two people of action can come up with something. Also, um, yeah, now that they've uh, fought together, um, I think we're going to need a uh, Renian. Oh, from uh, Renan? Julian? Julian? And for any... Uh, for any Listeners who are annoyed at us just constantly talking about shipping all the time. Um, yeah, you try coming up with bits for every <laughs> Doctor Who episode from 1963. Hi, Kyle here. Thanks for listening to The Doctor's Watcher. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean a lot to us if you would leave a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends about us. But aside from that, we'd love to hear from you. Please feel welcome to drop us a line by emailing thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or on Twitter at doctorwatcher. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. So back in the prison, the doctor heads over to Susan's cell and talks to her for a minute, but he can't let her out because he doesn't have the key to her cell. She's, you know, glad to see him, of course, Mm -hmm. and wonders how he survived. This is, you know, the first time she's seen him since the house fire, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he says a a fire merchant uh, used its super relevant and useful urchins (laughs) to save me. He actually says, oh, I can't explain that now, child. It will take too long. I don't have enough time to say the farm merchant saved me. <laughs> yeah, why, uh, why did I ever think the doctor would try to explain anything? <laughs> <laughs> he heads back out to, like, the jail lobby and talks to the jailer. And the jailer is like, uh, why are you here? Didn't you and the soldiers, like follow that lady that we let escape and the doctor is like i i thought you were gonna do that dude la is gonna be pissed <laughs> okay <laughs> and the doctor is like you know we can still do this if you just let the girl go i'll follow her personally myself and then i'll just like arrest everybody wow if this works um my uh, my hat's off to you, Doctor. <laughs> no, he he rolls low on this deception check. Uh, and alas. yeah, the jailer's like, nope, not a chance. If I did that, Lemaitre would like guillotine me personally. Probably. Yeah. So the doctor tries to convince him, but the DM's like, dude, you already rolled. <laughs> so jailer 
holds firm to his position and refuses to let Susan go and like, you know, won't give the doctor her cell key or anything either. Mm-hmm. We cut over to Robespierre's office where Lemaitre has gone to meet with him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm, Robespierre tells Lemaitre that he's pretty worried about some shit that's going to be going down pretty soon. Apparently there's going to be a meeting of the convention coming up and some members of the convention are going to be bringing an indictment against another member. Mm. Robespierre's like politics intrigue. <laughs> Robespierre's like mark my words are met. If this plot is successful tomorrow, the 27th of July, 1794, will be a date for history. I'm guessing that we should probably know the significance of that date. Uh-huh. All students of French history that are watching are all like, oh, shit. But unfortunately, that doesn't include me personally. I'm just like, oh, huh. I wonder if that's a history date. <laughs> uh, Doctor Who is a, uh, an educational show, and I think... <laughs> For once, I will be genuinely educated because I don't know the significance of that date either. So Robespierre has a bunch of dudes that he has asked to follow and spy on a bunch of other dudes. and Like you do. Right. He wants Lemaitre to be one of the spies. So Lemaitre gets assigned to spy on a meeting that this dude named Paul Barras is going to have. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that should also be a, a, a hint, a clue for us. I think Street probably. Fans. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't spend enough time on the, the French Revolution Wikipedia page to know for sure, but... Yeah, thanks, American public school system. Indeed. So Lemaitre accepts this assignment, but on his way out, like in the lobby of Robespierre's office building, he has a whispered conversation with one of the guards, and we don't get to know what he said. Barbara shows up at the safe house, and... Ian is like, oh shit, we thought you got arrested. And she's like, oh yeah, I did, but the doctor was there. Yes, he's dressed up as if he's running the revolution. From what I could gather, half the people there take orders from him. He just keeps rolling high on the love checks. <laughs> uh-huh, Ian's like... That sounds like the doctor, all right. <laughs> Barbara wonders where Leon is, and Jules doesn't even bother with like the nervous collar tug. He's just straight up like... He's dead, Barbara. I killed him. <laughs> also, important thing to note, he was bad. <laughs> Maybe I should have started with that. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, he and Ian then like go on to explain that Leon was the traitor that we've been looking for and that he was going to kill Ian. Jules like saved Ian's life. But Barbara's like, still pretty upset. Revolution isn't all bad. Neither are the people who support it. It's changed things for the whole world. 
And good, honest people gave their lives for that change. Whoa, cool. Yeah. <laughs> good good for you, Barbara. <laughs> yeah, totally. I thought I thought we were pretty firmly anti revolution at this point, which I felt pretty weird about. Um, you know, given uh how things are going in our time, being on any side that seems pro aristocracy, anti like proletariat, I suppose, mm-hmm. uh feels feels a little little funky and yeah. to hear to hear Barbara actually say that things are a little more complicated than that and that some good things came out of the French Revolution. That's that's pretty rad. Yeah, for sure. Ian though, he's just like well, he got what he deserved. Interesting. I seem to remember you once telling me that you read somewhere that like some of the writers or somebody was saying that uh in general Ian's the more liberal one and Barbara's the more conservative one. Um, yeah, I think which, that was, yeah, like a, a, a fan interpretation or something, but uh, that seems to hold true generally. But but here it's kind of reversed. Yeah. Yeah, Ian's just like, he got what he deserved. And Barbara says... <laughs> which, uh, to be fair, I'll, I'll cut him some slack given that the dude is going <laughs> to kill him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Barbara's just like... You check your history books, dear, before you decide what people deserve. Nice. That's a good line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole thing was really interesting. You know, I'm cutting it down like they, they, you know, said even more than I'm, I'm giving you here. But the whole, the whole scene was really interesting. Cool. I don't actually know, like, that much about the French Revolution. Again, thanks American school system. Uh huh. But like, yeah, this serial might actually make me want to learn more about it. Cool. Yeah. Good job, Doctor Who. Congratulations on your success as an educational <laughs> show. Uh-huh. Back at the prison, the doctor heads back to Susan's cell, and he basically asks her to like get down on the ground right at the door of her cell. So she won't be visible, like, through the window in the door, or, you know, like, the bars in the door. Are they going to try the old, pretend that she escapes, so the jailer opens the door, and then they can overpower the jailer trick? That's kind of what it seems, yeah. So, yeah, she crouches down, the doctor kind of wanders over near the jailer, and then he's like, oh, shit, jailer, the girl's gone! And, Mm -hmm. yeah, jailer rushes over, opens the cell door... And Doctor just, like, whacks him on the back of his head. So he collects Susan. Two of them rush out. But this is, like, right as Lemaitre is returning from Robespierre's office. (laughs) Oh, boy. So the guards stop them. Susan gets taken right back into her cell. (laughs) And Lemaitre takes the Doctor to his office. I think it's about time we had to talk. Oh boy, you know, um, when I was working on some of the the post show notes, um, I googled uh, some of these episodes, and I learned that La Maitre is French for <laughs> the master. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, oh, well, maybe it actually isn't relevant. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that. Uh, um, 
well, maybe I shouldn't be like revealing things I think are about to be revealed as big, like revelations. But I thought that well, I know that there's a a big Doctor Who villain, of course, the Doctor's nemesis. Right. Was the master, and I was kind of wondering if that was about to come into play. This was but the master's introduction. Shut, maybe I should just shut my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the Matra's office, the doctor insists that Susan be released, but the Matra is like, I'm afraid you're not in a position to insist on anything at the moment. Uh-huh. Well, uh, the DM was like, sure, roll for it. I'm not going to tell you what the DC is. Uh-huh. I'm just asking really forcefully. <laughs> the doctor is like, Physician, sir, do you realize who you're talking to? And, you know, he's like adjusting uh, his regional officer uniform while he says The problem it. is I think he does realize who he's talking to. Right. Well, even better, Lemaitre is like, not yet, but I intend to find out. Mm, good line. Yeah. He says, Do you recognize this, citizen? And he shows the doctor's ring. Uh-huh. And the doctor is like, Nope, sure don't. Should I? <laughs> Worth a shot. Lemaitre <laughs> is like, Look, dude, I know, you know I know, I've known the whole fucking time. Let's just say I added to my knowledge. Listening at doors can still be effective. Oh, yep. Doctor's like, fine, all right, you got me. What's the deal? And Lemaitre is like, you know, I'll let Susan go if you take me to Jules Renan's safe house. Oh, that seems like a... On the one hand, kind of a terrible deal. On the other hand, how much do we actually care? Yeah. Uh, Jules Renault. <laughs> yeah, Lemaitre is pretty sure that either the doctor or Susan knows where it is. Doctor is like, I have never met the man. Oh, I fully appreciate why you must want to find him. But if you think that I am going to betray him, then you are a very poor judge of character. Also, yeah, I think he really doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's the only one who doesn't. He's never point. been there. Susan definitely does, but well, the doctor conveniently left her out. Lemaitre uh-huh. <laughs> is like, I repeat, if you want your granddaughter released, you do not have a choice. Mm. We cut to the safe house, where Ian and Barbara are inside waiting, and. Jules is, like, out on the street, apparently, like, checking to see if the Doctor and Susan are arriving. And Ian is like, Barbara, sorry about Leon, but it really was the only way, believe me. She's like, I know. I wanted to apologize to Jules. I'm so sick and tired of death, Ian. I never seem able to get away from it. Dang, that's heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I'm like, they have seen like a pretty fair amount of death in their travels. They've had like dead Thals, dead Vord, dead Sensorite. I think Ian has even killed something at this point. Yeah, for a kid's show, this is this is getting pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we've had plenty of death in this serial as well. Yeah. I wonder if it's harder, if it's people and historical people on earth yeah 
So Jules comes back in, says that he saw no sign of the doctor and Susan, so they're just going to keep waiting. Barbara brings up Leon to kind of apologize, and Jules says that he had no other choice. He's like, You ever wonder why I'm doing these things? Hiding in shadows? Fighting in corners? And Ian's like, We took it for granted you belong to the other side. The aristocracy. Hmm. But apparently that's not actually the case. Interesting. Yeah, Jules says that he belongs in the middle. He says he has no title or position, but he just really, like, hates anarchy and chaos and disorder, basically. Well, can't blame him for that. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting thing, I guess, because, like, what would I do, you know, if I were in the French Revolution? Because I was saying before... um, Anything that sort of puts you on the side of the aristocracy, keeping down the, the, the people is pretty shitty and uncomfortable. But on the other hand, like when the the revolution is just guillotining everyone and clearly it's gotten out of hand, right. that's not great either. And uh, yeah, when those are your two options, then to try to do something in the middle, like what Jules is doing, that's uh, that's tough. Yeah, that, that I think is probably... A- uh, much more difficult to really like truly thread that path than yeah than to be on either quote unquote side yeah for sure he says there are only two sides today barbara those who rule by fear and treachery and those who fight for reason justice anyone who portrays these principles is worse than the devil in hell whoa dang <laughs> I mean, I think I think he's earned the uh, the dramatic statement. Yeah, totally. Given, given his his role and what he's been up to, but yeah, that that was a that was that was a good one. Yeah, and with this dramatic statement, they hear somebody fiddling with the doorknob, and a moment later, the door opens, and the doctor walks in. Followed by Lemaitre. And Jules says, Your friend has betrayed us! And yeah, he, he kind of has. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Titles, next episode, Prisoners of the Conciergerie appear on screen. Uh, sounds like things aren't going to go so great for our guys. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see where this is going. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you're playing the long con, you seemed genuinely surprised when I pointed out that Lemaitre means the master, so <laughs> maybe, maybe it's not. Um, but he sure seems... Masterful. I don't know. I wonder if, like... Yeah. Yeah, he's, he sure seems masterful in... Possibly in the sense of being like the Doctor Who villain, possibly just uh, something along those lines. I did notice that this episode is called A Bargain of Necessity, mm-hmm. but that bargain doesn't happen until like the very end of the episode again. 
Well, I mean, it's not quite as egregious as kidnap. <laughs> True. <laughs> Which yeah. I was convinced that you know it was going to happen at the very start of the episode, and then it didn't happen until like the last few seconds. Um, but in this one, at least things seem to be moving toward it, and at least it was sort of introduced as a possibility sooner than that's the true last yeah. they got like a few minutes rather than a few seconds yeah which is still at the end but not quite as egregious i think yeah <laughs> oh cool i think that this one's a, an interesting one it's sort of raising interesting questions about like um if you found yourself in one of these turbulent times in history where it's kind of hard to say who the the good guys and the bad guys are what would you do like whose side would you pick or would you try to to do something in between right um, and you know i think a lot of times in our history we we whether we should or not we tend to describe one side as the good guys and the other side as the bad guys and of course in the american uh school system i think that or just american culture in general the whichever side the americans were on tends to be <laughs> the good guys mm-hmm. um, but, yes, but yeah often either so much more complicated than that or just you know completely false yeah that we were with the good guys quote unquote yeah and uh, and I think it's really interesting that Barbara is a history teacher. That to to hear her talking about like the the nuance um, of of things like the the revolution. I think that's that's really cool. Yeah. And educational. <laughs> I wonder if this got any kids to go out and look up that date that Robespierre mentions because um, by the end of the episode, we still don't know what the significance of that date is going to be. Right. Um, and presumably you have to wait until the next episode, but you're like, wait, maybe I can get a clue as to what's about to happen by looking that up. Um, assuming of course, that they had the presence of mind and some paper and pencil nearby. So they can write <laughs> that down real fast. Cause you can't just like rewind on your, on your, uh, DVR. Right, yeah, <laughs> they couldn't you know, <laughs> click back 15 seconds. Yep. Alrighty. Well, yeah. then, listeners, we will bid you adieu. Um, I think that's French. <laughs> See you <laughs> in two weeks. Indeed. Uh, farewell and adieu. Bye. Bye. Hi, Kyle here. The Doctor's Watcher would like to thank Circuit23 for the awesome theme song he created for us. You can find his music, including our theme, at soundcloud.com circuit23. And you can reach him at circuit.23, that's circuit.23, at gmail.com. Thanks to Benny for listening to me talk about Doctor Who, and thanks to all of you for listening to Benny listen to me talk about Doctor Who. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or on Twitter at doctorwatcher. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you review your podcasts. Join us next time on The Doctor's Watcher.
dedicated to you. To his side, he was a patriot. Barbara, we've taken sides just by being here. Jules actually shot him. It could just as easily have been me. And what about Robespierre? I suppose you well, think just he... because an extremist like Robespierre... Oh, Barbara, Jules is our friend. He said I know lives. all that. The revolution isn't all bad. Neither are the people who support it. It's changed things for the whole world. And good, honest people gave their lives for that change. Well, he got what he deserved. You check your history books, yes. Before you decide what people deserve. 